This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Blaine Fowler. What's up, BYU Sports Nation? We are live. We are your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Tuesday, June 15th. Thank you so much for tuning in. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a guy who loves some big and tall, Blaine Fowler. And do you want to explain what that means? Yeah, so I, I, I didn't you're, know you're, what that meant. You're obviously referring to Preston Hadley, BYU's defensive ends coach, to the tweet he uh, tweeted out yesterday about it being 95 degrees out there. It's, it's the second week of BYU high school football camps. And, and Preston tweeted out, hey, fun to see all the talent at a camp, 95 degrees. Guys are out here putting in the work. Thanks for all the boys coming out to showcase their skill. Looking forward to the next two days of camp. Loving me some big and tall. Okay, so what does big and tall mean? So, so he and Ed uh, Lamb have this thing like, um, we're looking for recruits, but we want guys with length. We want tall, big dudes that we, we can teach them to be great football players. We want these tall, big athletes, and we'll teach them to be great football players. Um, you know the old saying, you can't teach height, right? True. So you can't teach that. So they like those long guys, especially in the secondary. And you'll notice guys like Chris Wilcox, 6'1", 6'2", but they can run. And when they, when they got Chris Wilcox, a little bit of a project, right? Not, not necessarily a great football player, turned into a great football player, and then ran a ridiculous time at Pro Day, right? Well, when it four, comes, three, four, three, one. When it comes to, to big and tall, you and I can handle probably half of that. Like, you, you and I are probably never are going to be huge, but we can work <laughs> on getting bigger. There's nothing you and I can do about being taller. No, it's not going to happen. That part just isn't going to work. Here's the sad part, though, for me. Like, I finally realized something in my old age is, like, my whole life I've felt like I'm just a really tiny person. Yes. But then I realized my whole life I've just been hanging out with giants. It's true. It's really like their I've, fault if I, you think about I, it. I've played football and basketball my whole life, and then I've, I've covered football and basketball extensively. So I'm around these basketball guys. I'm always feeling like I'm up to their waist. And, and in football, I always felt like, hey, I just got to stay behind these great big huge guys, and they'll protect me, and I can't let those other great big huge guys get a hold of me, so I have to be fast. So I've always felt like this just tiny, tiny person. And now I'm kind of realizing out in the real world, I'm like a normal-sized human being. Average, we're average height is what yeah. I like to say. So I'm, I'm, I'm just a little over 5'11". That's not tiny, right? But No, it's not. And, but in but the world I'm in, I'm... I'm like really small. There is this. Uh, there is this. I don't know what the what the right word is. Anything six feet, anything under six feet is sort of looked looked down upon. So if you're in the fives, you just you well, know. What's, I, somebody's gonna have to look this up for us and, and tweet at us. But so neither, what, I, I think the average height of a, a a man in the United States is is like five ten. But here's here's what we're basically so. what we're saying is that Ed Lamb, Preston Hadley would not be recruiting either one of us. No, to say? no, they would recruit me. Not, okay, that's not you. Oh, wow. Well, that was very easily said. All right, here's your show lineup. Capitalizing on the proposed 12-team college football playoff. How does BYU do that? We will discuss that coming up in Trending. We will also preview Arizona State with assistant head coach Sean Slocum. Plus, it is a top five Tuesday. We'll get you the top plays of the returning players for BYU football. Let's bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
Let's start with men's volleyball and the Olympics. Three former Cougars headed to the Olympic stage in Tokyo on the USA men's volleyball team. Taylor Sanded, Sander is headed to his second Olympic Games. Ben Patch, Brendan Sanders are listed as alternates. And how about uh, Mike Wall, former Cougar, is an assistant coach with Team USA. Congratulations to all of them and good luck. Women's volleyball picked up another grad transfer, signing Aria McComer. She is a libero defensive specialist. Most recently graduating from Washington State, McComer is eligible to play this fall and has three years of eligibility remaining. And in the VNL, that's the Volleyball Nations League, International Volleyball League. Former Cougar Alexa Gray and Canada lost in five sets to Korea yesterday. The USA men are playing Italy right now. USA won the first two sets and they're currently up 23-21 in the third set. Uh, the USA team is ranked 11th today with four wins and five losses, currently standing with 12 points in the VNL. We won't focus on what happened last night to the Utah Jazz, oh, but we will. No, that's not a headline. It is certainly that's, not a headline. It's a low light, and we're not going to talk about yes, it. Yes, it is. Uh, we will focus on Elijah Bryant and the Milwaukee Bucks because, hey, they're in a 2-2 series tie as well. They are in Brooklyn tonight for Game 5 of their Eastern Conference semifinal series against the Nets. Series, as I just mentioned, tied at two games apiece with the home team winning every game so far. And there's nothing I respect more than high-level athletes that can also juggle things in the classroom. And how about soccer, all academia? 11 BYU women's soccer student-athletes received West Coast Conference academic honors. Are you kidding me with that? Phenomenal job. Michaela Coolahan, uh, Bella Felino, and Rachel McCarthy were all named to the academic first team. Uh, Coolahan was also named WCC Player of the Year. How about that combo? Smart and crazy athletic. Gotta love it. And I'm telling you, that is the combination you will see up and down BYU's rosters in the athletic department. It is amazing. Not just how good these athletes are from an athletic standpoint, the, the grades that they get, I am I am how, in how, awe. I don't even know how many are on the on BYU's roster in women's soccer, but well, you've you've got close to you've got close to thirty. Yeah, but eleven. Yeah, it's it's, that's, it's that's, pretty crazy. That's amazing, and that's pretty awesome. Congratulations, and congratulations to former Cougar uh, slugger Colton Shaver picked up an RBI and a walk last night. Unfortunately, the Sugarland Skeeters lost to the Round Rock Express in minor league baseball. All rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. You love the uh, the minor league baseball names. I just, every time we do a minor league baseball story, it just puts a smile. Somebody's they're just trying to up each other by coming up with the weirdest. So is it, it's the Sugarland Skeeters. Skeeters. I don't I don't know what a Skeeter is, but whatever I, it is, I, I like it. All right. So one thing we do know is that. What's Trending is brought to you by Bodyguards, uh, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. The college football playoff committee is expected to adopt a new 12-team format. It's not official, but everybody expects it to be. We had Stuart Mandel on the show. He says that it's basically a foregone conclusion, but again, still not official. Every team in college football right now is asking themselves how they can take advantage of this new format. So, Blaine... What does BYU need to do to capitalize on this proposed 12-team college football playoff? Well, right now they need to do exactly what they've been trying to do the last couple of years, and that's break into the top 12 and you know be ranked up there. This new format has the sixth highest-ranked conference champions along with six, the six remaining spots being to the next six highest-ranked teams. And so you would think at BYU, it does provide – 
they pretty much are in, no questions asked, no debate if they're in that top 12, right? And so, so that's what they have to do. Um, you have to win enough games to be considered. Um, with this season's schedule, to be in the top 12, I think that means you have to win 11 games. I, get, I guess as crazy as this schedule is, you could win 10, depending on who those two losses were against. Like, let's say, for instance, they, they lose to Arizona State early, who's, who's one of the favorites in the Pac-12, and Arizona State goes on a run, and, and they're undefeated going to the Pac-12 championship game, and BYU plays them close, and then BYU wins out the rest, and then they, they lose to USC and say USC's ranked fourth in the nation at the end of the year, and they lose in a tight one. I mean, there's a scenario where BYU could win 10 games and be in the top 12. That's far-fetched, right, to, to have the two teams they would lose to. So to me, with this schedule, BYU need, probably needs to win 11 games to be in the top 12, and they would be in. So this is how I view this. If we're talking about BYU capitalizing on this proposed 12-team playoff, ultimately it boils down to BYU has to win. The question is, can BYU win enough under the current scheduling structure to be in the mix consistently. And I think that's what that's really the area I want to focus on because doing something once is fine, but I think the the goal ultimately you would hope is to be in the mix for this on a consistent basis. That that's what you're you're wanting to get into. Can you do that now with this many, you know, high-level teams on your schedule? So this is where I fall on the topic, and this is based solely on the history that we have seen so far with BYU football. Under the current situation being of uh, being independent for BYU, they may be in this position maybe once every eight to ten years. That's what history has shown us thus far. Obviously, things can change, but from from what we can see, that's been. It's been like once every eight to ten years, BYU has been in a position to do something like that. So I still feel like the best way to get in this on a consistent basis is probably to join a conference. And and I was not join a conference guy. Last year changed my opinion on this significantly. And I want to make something very, very clear. Obviously, we're talking about the number one goal in joining a conference is a P5 conference. That's, that, that's not a debate. Obviously, that is the number one goal is to join the P5 conference. But when I say join a G5 conference, I'm only talking about one. I'm not referencing the Mountain West Conference. I'm talking about the AAC. I'm, I'm only talking about the American. I think that is what gives you more of a chance to be in the mix for a top 12 spot on a consistent basis. So that's how I feel. And I, again, I was not join a conference guy because I just thought BYU is doing what it's doing and that's the best course. With the way things are shaking out, I... I I, I feel like if you want to be in the mix consistently, I think joining the AAC is the way you get into it more consistently. Yeah, and the AAC certainly has emerged uh, ahead of the Mountain West. Um, no offense to the Mountain West. That's you know our old home. But right. um, if you go back to last year and you apply the new rules, um, then then um, the AAC and the Sun Belt both would have had a team in in, in the playoff. And that's because Coastal Carolina – was ranked so high. And so the six top conference champions, regardless of whether they're P5 or G5, are automatically in. Yes. The fact that Oregon ended up being the conference champion in the Pac-12 and was ranked in, like a, higher than 20th um, uh, would have allowed Coastal Carolina and Cincinnati from the AAC um, to be in that playoff scenario. And that would have boot- – Pac-12 would not have had a team. 
last year. Now, we got to recognize that that's unusual. Yeah, that is the anomaly. So, so on a typical year, what's going to happen is all five P5 conference champs are going to be ranked um, higher than any two. Like, there's not going to be two G5 leagues represented every year. And But I would submit that on any given year, the Mountain West or the AAC, their champion, typically they're 11 and 1, 12. They're, they're, they're typically, that, that's going to be the next, that's going to be the sixth is going to be the champion of the AAC or the Mountain West. In recent years, that would have been the AAC more times than not. Boise State would have qualified. If we go back like 10 years, Boise State would have qualified a couple of times. But, uh, you know, Central Florida would have been in it a couple of times in the last few years. You would have had Houston in it one time. Uh, last year you had Cincinnati in it. And so I get what you're saying. I, I get that. Um, I like to see him in the, in the Big 12. No, there's no and, question. And, that's, and, that's, and, that's I, and I realize one. that that's a long shot, but when TV contracts come up here in the next couple of years, it's not out of the question. And that, to me, is the best fit for BYU, and that should be their number one goal. And, and, and maybe they hold off and stay in independence until that runs its course because you don't want to go into the AAC and short-circuit the ability to get in the Big 12 because that's really where you want to be, right? You want to be in the Big 12. And, and then if that doesn't work out – Join up with Boise State. Take Boise State, San Diego State, and then let's say Fresno State. You're talking about creating another conference? And then let's go take the best teams in the AAC and take those four teams and let's create a new conference. Yeah, I'm fine um, creating a with, with the top teams in the AAC. Like, let's, and I, I'd probably leave somebody about, out, but like Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston, Houston, Central Florida. I mean, there's some good programs in the AAC. Create a conference. That conference, with those teams in it, is as good is as good as Pac-12. See the and this is why if you look at the Mountain West Conference and the AAC, BYU by joining one of them, and again I I am scooting the Mountain West aside, but for the sake of this argument, BYU jumps in the Mountain West Conference and is the number one or number two team the day they step into it. In the AAC, you're probably the number two or number three at worst team in the AAC the day you step into it. Cincinnati probably right now would be the number one team. And I think and Central Florida has been. Yes, I think right? Cincinnati has earned that where they're probably the number one team. But you immediately jump into a conference where you have an, an opportunity to play for a championship every single year. Therefore, then you have an opportunity, depending on how high you get. If you're one of the six. Yes. If, to if, get if you're that sixth conference, if a typical year five P5s are ranked and you're and you're – Hey, you just if you're the Mountain West, you just need to be ranked higher than the AAC champ if you're the AAC yes. champ because one of those is going to get in and on typical. See, and, and I think that is more likely to happen on a consistent basis where you win one of those conferences and get into those spots than an at-large as an independent when so far history has shown that you can't get enough wins out of playing this many P5s. To put you in that position. To get position. in the top 12. Because you have to be ranked in the top yes. 12. So, you could be ranked 16th and be the AAC champ and get in. Because if, if, if the top Mountain West team is ranked 19th, you're in. Yeah. So there, there's a scenario where you could be ranked out of the top 12 and get in in one of those conferences, but there's not if you're an at-large. Well, and speaking of history, this brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Okay, so let's go with the assumption that this 12-team proposal has been in effect this whole time, right? So based off of BYU's past seasons, how many times would they have been in it? Well, the most recent season that BYU football could have made 
a proposed 12-team playoff is 96 when they finished ranked fifth. Yeah, it's been a while. So 96 was the last time, if this format had been in place, it would have been all the way since 1996 since BYU would have been in a position to do it. And, and here, here's the interesting thing. I, I looked at, there's a great article that I read this morning that looked back and said, oh, let's go back the last 10 years and apply this formula. It's the same old teams in every year, yeah, by the way. It is. And so if you're in the middle of the Big 12 or you're in the middle of the Pac-12, or you're like those teams would have never qualified either. And so it's just not... To be in the top 12 in the country is elite, rarefied error, right? And so so it goes back to what you and I talked about. Your first thing was BYU's got to win. My first thing was BYU's got to win. <laughs> it all comes down no to No matter who they yes, play, just win. they have to win. And they got to be in the top 12 to do it. Then there's that whole argument. I know Jerem and Spencer discussed this uh, yesterday, and that is, do you schedule seven P5s and get in the top 12? That's going to be a rough road. Maybe you need to tone that down a little bit. I don't agree with Jerem that it needs to be two or maybe three. I, I, I think – Three or four is probably. See, I'm right. happy with three or four. Yeah, three or I'm, four. I'm happy with three and, or four. Because with three or four, you could, if the right loss is there, so say play three or four and you lose one game and you're at 11 and one, an 11 1 team with three or four P5s, and if that loss is to a USC who's ranked or a Georgia that's ranked, you probably are in the top 12 at 11 and one with that kind of a schedule. But I think you got to pay three or four to have that kind of respect. Last year completely changed my thinking on this whole thing with the fact that, look, and, and nobody's saying that BYU played a juggernaut schedule, but everything about last year in terms of the winning and the spotlight and the fact that you had big numbers being put up, it just reminded me like, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember when we were doing this every year. And it was... It was a lot of fun, and it, and it has changed the way I view. But, it, I, again, with the caveat that this is all based off of previous history. If BYU now can become a team as an independent that year in and year out can start taking some of these P5 games that where you're instead – of, instead of winning one or two of them, you're now starting to win three of them or, you know – Really good. Season, a really good year. You're four, winning, you're winning right. four of them. Then that changes that argument. If you're able to have three or four P5 wins as an independent, then that changes the argument. Right now, we have not seen that be a consistent thing. Well, and here's the thing: be, you know, Kalani's recruiting classes are now juniors and seniors. Yes. This is a big test year. We're going to see if they've maybe turned the corner from a talent perspective and can compete and play three or four or five a year. And last year helps tremendously because reputation matters. BYU goes out and wins two games this year. They'll be ranked immediately because of last year. That helps. All right, a question of the day. What does BYU football need to do to capitalize on the proposed 12-team college football playoff? Let's get to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response on Twitter, at MadEyeCosmo. Nothing. It's not what can they do. It's what they have done What they have done to qualify. Brand name, Heisman Trophy winner, legendary coach, as well as players in, in college and the NFL and national championships. Now all that can be done, all that they can do is now win. So, look, it, it's what it boils down to. It boils down to winning. You have to win. Also, this one in from uh, at Spencer Rosenham. Spread out the P5 games and then in parentheses, especially away games, evenly throughout the schedule to give the team the best chance of winning 10 plus uh, every season. The starters can typically hang with just about anybody, but P5 gauntlets cause injuries, which result in losses. P5 depth is better than the BYU depth is what uh, Spencer is saying. Here's the problem with that. 
you can't get these P5s at large any other time than the beginning of the season because once their conference season starts, most of them are not jumping out to play a non-conference game. It, it, that's, the, that's where BYU is going to play these games is yeah. at the beginning of the year. Not to say that they won't play teams towards the end of the year. They already have some scheduled. Obviously, they're playing USC at the end of the year. But by and large, all of those games are going to have to take place you, at the beginning you get of the year. Them, you get them when you can get them. And that is hard because it is a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet that nobody else faces. Everybody else plays a couple of warm-up games yes. to get things down in their, in their preseason. Then they get into their conference play. And each conference, I, you know, other than the SEC, it, it's, there are breaks in your own conference schedule where we play teams that aren't very good. Yes. In every conference in the country. So, yeah, BYU hit, runs that gauntlet every year, and that, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing to have to deal with. So, well, coming up, we're pretty sure we know who the best mascot in college football is. That's not a question. There is no question about that. But next, assistant head coach Sean Slocum joins us to preview the Arizona State Sun Devils. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day is this Thursday. It begins with the state of the program at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, followed by a two-hour BYU Sports Nation special at noon. At 3 Eastern Time, watch BYU Football, a history of offensive innovation. Watch that on BYU TV or on the BYU TV. Looking forward to that. BYU Football Media Day, always a great experience. We are live in Studio B. We are your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. He is Blaine Fowler. My name is is Jason Shepard. And joining us now as we preview the Cougar football team's opponents in 2021, time to focus on Arizona State. And we're joined by Sun Devil assistant head coach and special teams coordinator Sean Slocum, who joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Sean, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. We appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. So now, Sean, uh, in doing my research, I wanted to find out if you had ever had any previous experience against BYU and correct me if I'm wrong when BYU or when BYU hosts uh, Arizona State on September 18th that will not be your first trip to Provo you were with Texas A&M in 1996 when the Aggies came into town and BYU won that season opener 41-37 do you what do you remember from that game well I just remember being an explosive game it was back and forth and uh, you know I think at the end of the game uh, Steve Sarkeesian was playing really well, and, and uh, we couldn't finish. I think the altitude and the, and the sun that day was just beaming down on us, and uh, it was a rough, rough, rough day for us. Well, before we get into specifics about your team, let's talk generally. Um, sun Devils, they're getting a lot of preseason hype. Everybody's talking about them, considered to be by most a preseason top 25 team. Um, in general, how are you feeling about this 2021 version of the Sun Devil football team right now? Well, I think our team, uh, this really goes back to last season and our unfortunate season that we were only able to, to uh, play four games. We practiced forever. We started practicing in July, played our first game November the 27th, and, and had some ups and downs, but felt good, finished the way we finished. And then having all of our, just about all of our players returning, I think it gives us a chance to, to uh, be, be a good football team this year. You know, Sean, a, a lot of people on the outside looking in believe 
that under coach Herm Edwards, that this is Arizona State's best chance to win the Pac-12 championship. Do you think that's accurate? Do you think this is the the best team that that Coach Edwards has had? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, without a doubt, you know, we've got a, a quarterback that's got some experience and he's a, a dynamic playmaker. We've got an experienced offensive line. We've got some skill guys that came in here last year that have proven to be impactful. And he turned around on defense. We've got an extremely experienced and talented secondary. And a number of those guys will play on Sundays. And then, um, again, an experienced linebacker core. And, and uh, our challenge, our defensive line will be will need to play well for us. And, and uh, they're, they're very well coached. And so we're looking forward to putting this whole thing together. Coach, you mentioned uh, your quarterback, Jaden Daniels. He's back for year three. Such a dynamic uh, player that, that just changes the game single-handedly. Uh, where do you hope to see the biggest improvement with him now coming into year three? Well, I think just the natural maturation process of just, you know, reading defenses and, and seeing a big picture and, and probably game management. You know, it's something that, that you have to learn through experience. And, and, and I think he will be, be better in those areas. Well, and in terms of it doesn't all fall on Jaden Daniels' shoulders either. When you look on just on the offensive side of the football, you guys bringing back an unbelievable ground game. I know that you guys view the receivers as an improved group. How much can just those two positions help a guy like Jaden as this season gets underway? Well, it helps tremendously because in a series, if we're running the ball, it doesn't doesn't all fall on Jaden's shoulders to to make plays and we hand the ball off and block well and run the football it uh it burns time on the clock it scores points and it takes some of the pressure off the quarterback then you turn around and hopefully make some plays in the passing game defensively you mentioned that that, that you got a lot of folks coming back uh, most of the guys that led that uh, uh the pac 12 in points allowed last season most takeaways per game last season how much confidence do you have in that group on the defensive side of the ball I've got a lot of a lot of confidence. I think it starts with Antonio Pierce and and taking over the reins from Marvin Lewis. And uh, the spring this spring really uh, showed us we got a chance to be be an impactful defense. And then I think if you look at our secondary again, the experience there because that's your last line of defense. I, I I think we'll be we'll be good as a result. You know, how do you view the Pac-12 this year? You know, everybody was talking about, you know, last year it was is just not what everybody had expected. And obviously last year just had its own set of circumstances that nobody can can even, you know, foretell. When you look at the Pac-12 this year, what stands out to you? How good do you think this conference as a whole can be? You know, I think the conference can be a solid conference in, in, in terms of Power Five. Um no one got to, got to play an entire season. And it's just, I think everybody felt a little bit unfulfilled. And uh, a lot of players are returning. And I think uh, there will be a lot of focus within each team um, to, to be as good as they possibly can be. And I, I think it'll be an exciting football season. Coach, we talked a little bit about offense, we talked defense, but now we, we got to talk about what's most dear to your heart because not only are you the assistant head coach, but you're responsible for coordinating the special teams and it's such a big part of the game. You've got a great punter coming back. Um, you've got a good returner and Taylor back. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that special teams group and what the strength is and what you expect out of them this season. 
Well, we've got good uh, position players, as you mentioned, in the punter, the returner. I think our kicking position will be will be good. It may be inexperienced, but I think it'll be talented. Um, but, you know, Coach Edwards creates an environment here where we can be good on special teams. We were conscious with the number of plays and individual players play, but we play our best players on special teams. And, and as a result, it's, it's allowed us to be impactful in, during ballgames. For those that may not know, um, your dad is R.C. Slocum, the legendary head coach at Texas A&M for many, many years. And this may not necessarily be an easy question to answer, but as you look at your coaching career, where do you feel like your dad has had the biggest influence on how you coach today? Really in two areas. I think, first of all, in dealing with players, he taught me that that respect going both directions was probably the number one thing, and and to treat players the, with with respect and dignity, and you know hold them to a high expectation and be demanding on them, but at the same time treat them like young men and, and college students and guys that are growing. The second area, I'll never forget. I my my place was at the end of our staff table, looking directly at him, and and uh, everything that I said he challenged. So it taught me to think about what I was going to say before I said it. And uh, I think those things have helped me a lot in my career. I think, Coach, I think all of us could, uh, <laughs> right. for that second one, we could, all, yes. we could all learn from, right, <laughs> to think about what we're going to say right. before, before we say it. Um, your thoughts a little bit. You know, you've, you've got a, a tough Pac-12 schedule like it is every year. That's, that's, that's running the gauntlet every year in that conference. But not, now you've got BYU as a non-conference opponent. Your thoughts on BYU as we approach this upcoming season? Well, uh, the ultimate respect. They've always been a physical football team. They're very well coached, and they've always been able to throw the ball and be explosive in the, in the passing game. It'll be a very tough game, particularly playing at their home, and uh, it, it's, it's going to be all we can handle. Coach, we, we've talked a lot about uh, the positives with your team, and there's obviously a lot of them, a lot of things to be really excited about with the Sun Devil program. What is you and granted we're in June, so there's still plenty of time before the season kicks off. What's the biggest question mark for you guys as a coaching staff right now heading into the year? I think just being able to play with continuity, being being playing well on a consistent basis and uh, performing at a, at a level each week that we gives us an opportunity to win a ball game. You know, coach, we were uh, we we're talking right before we hit the air about we've, we've got crazy temperatures up here. Uh, how are the kids dealing? You're supposed to be like 117 to 120 this week down there. How do you even get workouts in? Can the kids even go outside or are they just stuck indoors right now? Well, no, they, they can they work out outside. Uh, you know, when they're lifting weights, they're indoors. But we, we work out primarily in the mornings and before the temperature rises to that level. So it's it's bearable, and uh, we're able to get good work in before lunchtime. Talking with Sean Slocum, assistant head coach and special teams coordinator with Arizona State. Coach, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. We really do appreciate it, and uh, we will see you in Provo coming up on the 18th of September. Thank you. 
You're welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. There we go. Sean Slocum on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. Yeah, we thought we were going to get a little bit of sympathy because we're supposed to hit like 104 this week. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we passed that like 15 degrees ago. Their low is going to be worse than our high. (laughs) That's true. So I don't know how those those kids go out and work out. But again, Blaine. It's a dry heat, okay? Yeah, and so is a blast furnace. So, <laughs> so there yes, you have it. There we go. Well, well, hey, coming up, a BYU baby recruiting dilemma for the ages. This is a good one, by the way. And the Cougar whip around finds the one guy who doesn't like Andy Reid. Yes, he apparently does exist. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Catch the latest BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano. It's BYU Sports with a social media twist. Catch the latest episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He is Blaine. I am Jason. Didn't you have that uh, that track suit in like the 91? That's that's retro and it's awesome. very retro. Yeah. You owned one of those, didn't you? I- I wish I owned one right now. because Maybe would, Cosmo got that out of your closet. He, he probably did. No, if I owned that, I would wear it right now. You could now. rock that right now. Because you could go retro to that, and that, oh, would yeah. be, that would be a good look, I'm telling you right now. All right, this I is, could wear that to the gym in the morning when you and I work out together. <laughs> Please don't. This is BYU <laughs> Sports Nation, and it's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Blaine, lead us off. Let's start with, in a photo... From Jets Media Day yesterday, Zach Wilson is wearing two wristbands. On those wristbands, it says, all gas, no brakes. What would you have printed, Shep, on your customer's pants? I know what I'd have on mine. It would be uh, no leg day. No leg day? No leg day. That's funny, because you and I didn't even talk about this. No. Wait, are you going this? No, no, because mine was going to be arms for show. Legs to go. So I'm going to have arms for show <laughs> on this wristband and legs to go on this one. So, and and you're just the opposite. You're like, no leg day. No no leg day. Or I was I even thought of uh, never leg day. Wow. Which is funny because I actually do no, leg hey, day No, hey, guys, so. I, I tease Shep. He does have tremendous biceps. I, I see him do his arms day. But I actually have seen him in the squat rack yes. and in the hip and leg sled. Yes. And, do, and, and Shep can tell you that he's seen me. When I start my legs day, 200 lunges. Yes, that is true. Look, we we are on the same workout uh, like time. We're at the gym usually at the same time. Th- this guy is in really good shape. Yeah, we we don't work out, we don't actually work out together. We work out at the same same time. time yes, yeah, same time at the gym. And so I kind of monitor what Shep's doing. He monitors what I'm doing, and we make sure we take care of each other. And we got each other's backs. We do have each other's backs. Uh, we have seen a photo, by the way, of Mason Wake practicing hurdling. During the off season, so he's he's jumping over a hurdle, which let's be honest, it's what he does. Mm-hmm. Do you expect him to hurdle even more guys this season during this during games? I think this is so. I know Mason, and he is a psychological warrior. Like so, he plays psychological warfare. He is talking about hurdling. He's posting pictures of hurdling. He's a, like because what he's planning to do is he wants everybody that's playing against him to think he's going to hurdle him. He wants them to go high. As soon as they expose themselves, he's going to truck them. And he's he's going to truck endless numbers of people this year. And he is low to the ground, and and he plays with a low pad level. And when he runs over somebody, when I say truck them, I mean he's going to put his face in their chest and run over the top of them. And he's probably going to step on their face mask on the way by. That's what he's doing. He's setting people up 
to truck them. I am going to be it's disappointed. all psychological. I'm going to be disappointed if he doesn't hurdle every single person that tries to tackle him. <laughs> like, that's what I want to see Mason Wade hurdle every single person. He's definitely, he's very capable of hurdling, but I think, I think truck is the name of the game. Okay, I'm fine. So, all right. Former Kansas City Chief Le'Veon Bell said, I quote, I'll never play for Andy Reid again. I'd retire first. Shep, <laughs> first of all, come on. Is yes. there anyone out there in the world that agrees with this take? Uh, no, and that has nothing to do with me being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. This is dumb. And to prove how dumb of a comment this was, very rarely, if ever, does social media in its entirety get on the same page for something. There was that one person who was backing up Le'Veon Bell after everybody was going after. And here's the deal. He said, I'll never play for Andy Reid. I'd retire first. I don't know if anybody's willing to give him a contract now, so he may be retiring anyway. It's just beyond me. Like, I have never met a person in my life that knows Andy Reid and has a single bad word to say about him. Because there isn't a single bad word to say about him. Andy is, I mean, he holds his guys accountable, and maybe Bell didn't like the fact that he was holding him accountable. He holds guys accountable, but he is one of the most kind and gracious people you've ever met. And when he holds guys accountable, they all know he's doing it for their own good. That's a crazy take. Yeah, it's a horrible take. I don't agree with it, and he's out of his mind for even saying it. All right, Pro Football Focus recently tweeted out the question, who's the best mascot in college football? Didn't we already settle this plane? Wasn't there a poll that this 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 is one? I can't even believe they're even asking it again. It's it's Cosmo. There, there's no question. Like he he's a little bit crazy. He does stuff like this, but he the, wears '90s retro tracksuits. Who does? Who rolls down a stadium in a ball? Would you do this, by the way? Absolutely not. And 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 the most would you skate on on rollerblades down the stadium and do a backflip? No. no. Um, the thing that is most impressive about him, though, he he with the Cougarettes. So Cougarettes are I don't. Is it twenty national championships? I now? think it's, I think it's seventy-two national championships what, in a what, row. It's it's twenty or something, yes, right? Yes, it's a lot. They're, they're the best collegiate dance team in the world, and he will play point out there and dance with the Cougarettes. No other mascot can even come close. It is absolutely Cosmo. Look, this has been settled yeah. for years. It's Cosmo. It's Cosmo. All right, BYU wins basketball. Posted a video that their freshmen have arrived on campus. How loaded is this women's hoops roster going this upcoming season? Because they got a bunch of folks back. Every, almost everybody is back from last year. And you've got Shaley Gonzalez and, you know, you, you, Lauren Gustin, who is just amazing. Paisley Harding is back. They're, they're all back. And now you're adding to it. This is going to be a very, very good team that already went to the NCAA tournament last year. I fully expect them to be in in the same situation again. This should be another postseason for for BYU women's basketball and head coach Jeff Judkins. And I agree. And Gonzalez, you know, your first year back from an injury, she was phenomenal. Yes. But I always feel like you make the biggest jump once you've got a season under your belt. So she's once she's two years removed from that injury, she's going to dominate. And that, that that's scary. She for the is rest going of the to WCC. dominate that league this year. All right, uh, congratulations to a couple of uh, BYU power couples. Uh, Kyle and Shea Collinsworth just had a baby, and it was announced by Yoli and Megan Childs that they are expecting a baby. So it begs the question, Blaine, if you can only pick one, which baby are you recruiting to BYU? I mean, I I don't want to offend Yoli and Megan because I love them, but I'm going to have to go with Kyle and Shea because they're both freaks. 
And that's, I'm saying that. You're saying that in the most In the most way. affectionate and positive way. Shay's a freak athlete. She's a world-class runner. Yes, she is and, unbelievably and, and quick. And Kyle's a freakish athlete, too. So the combination of those two freakish athletes, I'm going to have to recruit Kyle and Shay's kids. I'm going with the height. Obviously the height of Yoli, but Megan Childs was a volleyball player at UVU. I'm, I'm going to go with the height. But let's be honest. You can't go wrong with either one. No, it, and, and let's be honest. If we're, if we're being truthful here, they're both going to get recruited. You want to what? Let, let, let's, I just mentioned here. What about Hillary and Bronson Kafusi's kids? I want every one of them. I already told Hillary and Bronson. Hillary Smith, who's a goaltender and phenomenal athlete, and Bronson Kafusi, I want their kids on all of BYU's. Bring them all. We'll the take, next generation we'll, we'll on the move. We'll take them all. Coming up, Top 5 Tuesday. And our Rise and Shoutout that's all coming up as BYU Sports Nation continues. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Explore the most compelling BYU sports stories through Deep Blue with host Jerem Jordan as he speaks with Uriah Leatawa about growing up in Compton, overcoming a broken leg in fall camp 2020, and many other great storylines. Listen to the show podcast on the BYU radio app or where podcasts are found. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. Jason Shepard, along with Blaine Fowler. And we're here because Spencer and Jerem, look, I mean, this happens, this happens quite, uh, quite often. You know, guys, whether it's one or both, uh, will be gone and usually have very important things yeah, to do. Field I just, assignments that I, are I honestly don't pressing. know. I don't know where they are today. Uh, so I just assume it's, it's something really important. Uh, but I do know that they are joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline from wherever they are. Uh, where? Oh, hey. Where are you at? Wait, are you What's on the, up, guys? Are you on the golf course? Is this why that you're not are. on the show? <laughs> what is? Um, I played the fifth on that one. I thought you guys were supposed Jerem, to be Jerem. on some assignment. Now, listen, let's, let me walk you through what's happening here. Jerem is attempting a birdie putt at Box Hollow to keep us in contention to win this competition. BYU's corporate sponsorship tournament. We got the bodyguards people with us. <laughs> and, and if Jerem doesn't choke here, then we might have a chance. So, so no are we going to witness this? Uh, you want to do the play-by-play on his putt? Yeah, so he, he, he's lining up over the putt. Okay, oh, okay. Right, you give us the I play want to by see play. this. Yeah, let's see this. And this is Take real time. Back, no here. pressure, Jerem. It's just 50 million people watching. <laughs> Line it up, Jerem. Knock it in. This game's easy, man. From five feet. Oh. Oh! oh! <laughs> Jerem, <laughs> and, and, and by the way, this is not – that was live take right there. Yeah, that this that's, was – This is, this is live – all right. Okay, so here's my question for both of you. I'd like to thank our sponsors, bodyguards, <laughs> protection for Leverage Limit. They're how right many, yep, yep. How many times that we fill in for you that you guys are on assignment or have really important things that you need to do, are you actually doing what you're doing right now? Again, I'm going to play the fifth on that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, someone had to bite the bullet, come out here with corporate sponsorship. No, it's pretty awesome. Jimmer's out here today. We saw Caleb Lohner. Looks like Happy Gilmore. The Olmstead, Sean, and Heather are here. Mike Littlewood's out here. Yeah. Um, just so a, who's who? It's a way to thank our uh, our sponsors that do so much for BYU athletics. Hey, and, does and Caleb Warner have a hat? Does he have a hat on? He does, does have a hat on. How does he fit Caleb a hat, hat on all that hair? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. He, he wears it on the top of his head, but I'll tell you this much. He had a wild shot. He veered into our fairway at some point, so 
Mm-hmm. Caleb just being Caleb, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll let you get back to your very important uh, assignment that you're not in the okay. studio Love for. It. Very nice. All right. Hey, by the way, congratulations, hey, Jeremy, on the putt. Very nice. Very nice putt. Yes. Yes. Okay, I got one thing. Okay. So, so I need to introduce you to my friend Corey Oshimura. We grew up together. He works for uh, the PGA Tour. Lives in Tokyo. He is literally going to the U.S. Open right after we finish the round to follow Hideki Matsuyama and hang out with Tony Fino. And ask Corey why he's not taking me with him. You're living your best life, man. <laughs> I got an extra ticket, Blaine. If you want to go. All right, that. brother. <laughs> I know. I, and I've met Corey. Hey, have fun. Have fun there. That's going to be fun. Torrey Pines. Best round of my life I played in the win at Torrey Pines. So I should be playing in that tournament this week. Mm. Coming nice. out. We might have a pro-am spot for you tomorrow. So come on out. All right, brother. I appreciate it. All, All right. right, guys. Enjoy the rest the of your day. Right. Yes. We'll give yeah. you the karma. Yes. As the guest, we will give you the karma as you continue your round of golf. Go make more birdies. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Yeah, See you, guys. Yeah. Fun stuff. So, so that's where they are today. Yeah. And it is, it is the corporate sponsors yes. tournament for BYU. They're, they're in the right place. And, and that's fun. And, and great that a lot of BYU's athletes are out there and, and they're having a good time. Looked like a great day for it except out there. For, except for it's 100 degrees out there. So I'm actually okay that you and I are in here together. The air so. conditioning is very it cool. Feels, it feels fantastic. It feels great right here where we're at. So And, hey, what's more fun than two guys sitting at a desk talking sports? So well, Nothing wrong with it. Hey, coming up, uh, Elite Voice of the Day. But next, Top 5 Tuesday. We get to it after this. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. You just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Time for Top 5 Tuesday. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Top five catches today from returning players from last season. Blaine, you lead us off. Let's start with number five. In the midst of a historic season for a freshman at that tight end position, Isaac Rex adds to the legend by mossing a defender versus Texas State for a touchdown. Rex would finish the game with five catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns. The Cougars would go on to dominate 52-14. I am such a big fan of Isaac Rex. I am, uh, I'm looking for I've been, big, I've been watching him in the offseason workouts. Season. He looks phenomenal. He yes. is ready to roll. Unbelievable freshman year. Number four. In his return from an injury against Houston, Gunnar Romney shows he's healthy as he lays out for a ball over the defender. Look at that unbelievable catch versus Western Kentucky. Gunnar caught a total of five passes for 59 yards as BYU rolled 41-10. to 10. An unbelievable catch. Look well, at that again. And, and here's the thing. Gunner wasn't really healthy all last year. No. And, and I think we're going to have a healthy Gunner Romney in the lineup this season. This receiving core is something to be really excited about, and that guy's one of the reasons for that. We'll go to number three during a cold night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Let's go back to our big tight end, Isaac Rex. He stayed hot with an exceptional grab for a touchdown against the Aztecs. Rex's two touchdowns, another two-touchdown night, proved to be the difference as the Cougars topped the Aztecs 28-14. Number two, and the play is on fourth and goal. It is a tight situation. Zach Wilson rolling out. 
finds Neil Pau, who toe taps in the back of the end zone. I still have no idea how he got his toes in. For the touchdown against UTSA, Pau added five catches for 29 yards. Uh, while UTSA did put up a fight, the Cougars they took care of business, beating the Roadrunners 27-20, to and an unbelievable catch and concentration from Neil Pau. And number one, one of the best catches in the country this whole season, this past season, Looking to end the season strong, Lopini Katoa makes a big statement. This ridiculous diving grab against Central Florida in the Boca Raton Bowl. He had 90 receiving yards and added 24 rushing yards. The Cougars defeated the Knights in Boca Raton Bowl 49-23. This catch is one of the best I've ever seen. Full extension. And it was actually my Twitter banner picture for a couple days after the bowl game. He's a running back. He is a he is so good out of the backfield, and he'll be back this season uh, to bolster a great receiving core. When I talk about receivers, I'm talking running backs too. What running back does this? This is a phenomenal catch. That's our number one. That is our number one. It's time for our question of the day. What does BYU football need to do to capitalize on the proposed 12-team college football playoff? Let's get to our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Uh, this one coming in from BYU Ace Man on Twitter. Win. That's what we said as well. <laughs> make the odds makers look bad. Make the pundits look bad. Make Spencer and Jerem look bad. And we don't want to do that. No, Spencer. We don't want to make them look Jerem's bad. Jerem. Just win. Go Cougs is what he says. Spencer's the positive guy. Jerem's the negative guy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hear about that one. No, they're both positive. I'm just teasing. All right. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. How about we give them to the former Cougars heading to the Olympics? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Taylor Sander, Brennan Sander. Uh, Ben Patch and Mike Wall, we mentioned them earlier in the program on their way. Unbelievable uh, to be able to see these former Cougars get this opportunity to represent the country. A testament to how good that program is that they're placing elite national level players out uh, for the whole world to see in the Olympics. Congratulations, and that's fantastic. All right, our thanks to today's guest, uh, Sean Slocum, and the hardworking duo of Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. And I'm sorry, our apologies to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time again. The conversation continues 24 7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag. BYUSA. For Blaine, I'm Jason. Hey, shout out to Kaipo McGuire. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern time, for more BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Look at that catch.